Welcome to the Beyond Physical Therapy Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk to physical therapists and other healthcare professionals that have broken away from the pack of everyday clinicians. Learn how to shift your mindset away from traditional PT and healthcare as we interview those that have already found a way to move beyond their day-to-day job. I'm your host, Zach Reggio. Let's dive into today's episode. Make a list of stuff you want to do. Give yourself some time, but do the hard stuff first and just be okay with failing at it. And just know that, all right, you failed. Why did you fail? Break it down. And then don't do those things that made you fail and you're going to get better at it. And like I said, the more things like that that you do, it's going to lead to more and more success because you're not going to be scared anymore. You failed at this big thing. Nobody laughed at you. Nobody's going to say, ha ha, you're an idiot. And even if they do, they're probably an idiot because they don't like to try those sort of things. They're not enjoying being uncomfortable. They can't break through that barrier that you can. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Today we have a special guest, Rob Vining, a physical therapist and co-founder of telehealthpt.com. He's also the founder of the Telehealth PT Provider Facebook group, host and producer of the Telehealth 20 podcast, and a faculty member of the PT Institute of Clinical Excellence. Rob has been helping PTs from having to close their doors for good by teaching them how to add telehealth as an adjunct to their business during difficult times. Here's today's episode. Rob, thank you so freaking much. I can't believe you said yes to coming on the podcast. This is amazing. <laughs> you were probably my, one of my number one guests, so thank you for doing this. I really do oh, appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime, man. We've worked together before, so I'm not going to say no to you. Buddy. All right. <laughs> well, uh, if it's all right with you, do you mind first just sharing a little bit with the audience about yourself? Yeah. So let's see. Um, I was a PT starting back in 2000, late 2004, um, early 2005. Um, started doing online physical therapy and telehealth type of stuff. And like, as soon as I got out of the gates, so early 2005, um, started direct PT worked with that for a while and like just happened to put online physical therapy in my title bar when I was making my website and Google picked that up and put it on the first page rather quickly. Like, I don't know, two months in we had first page. So anyone who was the weird part about it was like offshore or people that were like, not just sitting at home. It was mostly people that were offshore that wanted online physical therapy because they couldn't come inland. So they were searching for it through satellite internet. Um, I would see them through uh, MSN Messenger, which was a horrible, horrible, bad quality, like webcam interface. It was a chat app, but it had the capability for a web, uh, webcam. So I'd use that, get paid through PayPal, and then um, did that for about two and a half years. And then Google changed their algorithm, which completely tanked my ranking, um, took it from like first page to 12th page. So overnight, it was like, uh, I guess I'm not doing this anymore. So I kind of started working a lot in the clinic, um, focused on just orthopedics. That's what I was working in anyway. And so went through that, uh, then kind of got back into the telehealth realm of things, like more and more into it, probably about six, six years ago, I guess. Time is flying by. Um, started doing PT Live, the software company, uh, co-founded that in 2015. Um, we actually shut that down two weeks before COVID hit. <laughs> I don't, I can't even tell you <laughs> the timing was so frustrating. It was ridiculous. Um, and then have been running telehealth PT, co-founded that and have kind of been pushing that out. And the last that's taken off, um, the last three or four months, I guess. 
like time's going by crazy. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. COVID's really kind of blown up your telehealth business in the, in the past couple of months, right? Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't give it away fast enough because everybody was wanting to figure out everything. Um, I started whenever, I guess it was March 11th or so. I was like, all right, I need to give some free coupons so that people can have access to it. And then at some point, like a week or two later, I was like, this is dumb. I'm just going to give away everything for free. So, so many people have, you know, every day I probably get like, you know, two or three messages now still it's July and people are still messaging me going, dude, you saved my butt. Like my clinic had nowhere to go. And all I did was basically search, use your stuff that you gave away for free. And it kept us afloat. So that's, that's that good feeling that I always kind of create that sort of environment where I want people sharing to where other people can learn from it. I think that's the best way to do it. Um, those with experience should teach. Um, and those that are trying to get to that point where they have experience, you're going to learn best by trying to teach as well. Just that sharing mentality. I'm really, you know, all for that. And I think it's, I think it's seriously helped the whole profession stay afloat, you know, since COVID hit. So that's been strange, but fun, but I am now extremely busy. We were just talking about that. Like I was busy before and now I'm like, I had so much extra time, like 50 something hours was no brainer. Now it's not even close to that. I wish I had that again. Yeah. But now yeah. you're, you're definitely a man of the people, you know, giving away so much free content. It's just yeah. ridiculous. And, you know, I know everyone's so appreciative of it. So thank yeah. you again for that. It's even helped me. Yeah, so uh, I love what you're doing at telehealthpt.com. Can you just share a little bit about, you know, the services you're providing for people? Yeah. Yeah. So that we kind of shifted everything when COVID hit, we had everything that was, I mean, honestly, I gave away everything that was normally between 500 bucks and 1500 bucks, um, depending on the course package you took. But I decided to give all that away for free. And people were like, that's bonkers. I was like, well, nobody's going to survive. There's not going to be anybody to sell anything to or help anybody if everybody's gone and now you know they're teaching or they're a PE coach instead of being a PT. So my thought process on that was to get the best experts and to tie them into the system to where they could teach courses about their special expertise. Um, like we've got our most recent one is Jerry Durham with sales, um, Irene Luke with marketing. Um, we had you know an, an attorney that did a, a special presentation with us all about telehealth. We have a policy and procedures manual for telehealth. Um, myself and Ryan Shelton, we do a case study course where a couple times a week, we'll actually go through a full telehealth case. Um, it's with him teaching it and me kind of playing shotgun. And then I have my full um, telehealth package where I'm teaching people how to use telehealth just for orthopedics so that folks can kind of at least have a grasp of where to start when it comes to telehealth because everyone wants to feel competent and nobody wants to start doing something you know, when you're five, 10, 15 years into a profession, nobody wants to kind of hit the reset button and telehealth for some reason or another feels like a reset button to some professionals. So I wanted to give them, it's a telehealth boot camp course. It's like 22 hours of me, not only treating people, but actually explaining exactly the pathway my brain's going on for typical issues like lumbar, um, cervical, thoracic, shoulder, neck, knee, hip, elbow, and post-surgical. So I try and wrap that up as fast as possible, but it just can't be gone through quickly. Um, but I figured if I put it all out there for 99 bucks or 150 bucks, people can use that Lego methodology of basically, oh, I need the marketing part. I can just kind of grab that. 
for 99 bucks, right? I try to keep it as cheap as possible because I know a lot of people are hurting right now. Um, so I don't want to try and gouge people at all. And I try to give everything away as, as freely as I can while at the same time supporting the people that made the content. Okay, perfect. So I just wanted to ask, you know, what led you to start this kind of online physical therapy business? Um, was it maybe your background in MDT? Is that kind of what drew you towards this kind of telehealth option? Yeah, that's that's right on the nose, man. Whenever I was um, in my clinical internships, I had two that were specifically with a couple of, of MDT um, clinical faculty. So Mark Miller and Scott Herbawi, um, they were at the same hospital I was at, and I was just able to sponge up what they were doing. And wow. I remember the first time I walked in there, I was like, dude, like wh- I need to know everything that you guys do. And so then the hospital that I was working at St. David's took myself, two other PTs, and then Mark and Scott and put us in a separate building. Like, and we were just the specialists. I was like one year out of school. I was like, well, I, there's no way I deserve to be in here, but okay, I'm going to take advantage of this. So while I'm doing all of that, you know, I, I'd see these people and starting to apply those MDT principles. It was fun to see them come back, you know, second and third visit. And they're like, I feel great today. I feel awesome. My brain just started going through the motions of, I didn't put my hands on them. I didn't do anything that required them to actually physically be here. I just looked at their movements and then gave them guidance on what to try and did a bunch of testing and retesting. I think there's a, there's a there there, you know, there's something that could be done online. And of course, as soon as I, uh, there was this one forum called, I think it was called rehab edge or something like that. This was old school, 2004, 2005, which is nuts to say that and saying it's old school 15 years ago, because it feels like yesterday. But I had this one person that just trashed me when I was like, what do people think about online physical therapy? And her name was SJ bird 55. I'll never <laughs> forget. And if she hears this, reach out to me. Cause I want to like drink a virtual beer and just talk about it. Cause I think it'd be hilarious. But she was just dogging me saying, you're going to ruin the profession. And there were other people that are like, Hey, back off this guy. He's, he's kind of figuring out that there might be a way for us to do this. And then other people were like, no, she's right. This is trash. So going through that so early in the career of seeing the opportunity, but then being looked at as this weird outlier by some folks in the profession, it was one of those, those conflicting moments. But yeah, MDT definitely got me to that point where I thought that there was something there. And then just in general, I knew that it was going to hit a point where the tech was going to get better. Obviously it always does that. And that people were going to have less and less time and, you know, traffic always gets worse and everybody's got 38 different things to do. And you have kids and now you have 38 things plus 38 things that they're going to do. So it was just one of those things where I knew riding that wave and just continuing to do what I wanted to do was going to pan out and be needed at some point in time. Um, And I was just happy that it hit that point where a lot of people could be helped and benefited. But if it wasn't for being in those, those clinical internships at St. David's, I don't know if I would have done that. Like that was the big eye opener for me. So yeah, big props to uh, the MDT system. Yeah. That sounds like an amazing experience. And I I don't know how you landed that. That's so awesome. Your first year. Yeah. Right place, right time. And, and just landed there. And I was like, I really like this. And then got along with the guys uh, and they brought me back for another clinical internship and then they hired me and I was like, I'll work for whatever. Like you can just feed me peanuts. I'll be here every day. So it was fun, man. Yeah. And I mean, the mindset shifts between pre COVID and post COVID about whether or not telehealth could actually work is, is just mind blowing to me. Like people 
were so against it that I would talk to before COVID, like, that would never work. That's such a stupid idea. No one would ever want that. And now post, it's just like, oh my God, of course, why not? We're going to do that. So, I mean, I I don't know how you rolled with the punches for as long as you did with people probably saying like, this is never going to work. You're an idiot. Why are you doing that? So like, how did you, how did you keep going is is my question. (laughs) I I would always have those random people. Like I remember there was a, uh, Scott and Mark and myself and two other colleagues, like we were making this thing that was basically an early version of, um, health grades. So where you could rate the, the PT and it was kind of going on that side of helping people find the best professionals. So I knew that there were some people in the profession that were, you know, high level that actually knew that technology was going to be there in the future. And it was just a given that they could help people over the phone. It was an easy step up from there to go, oh yeah, if I've got video too and the phone, no problem. I know I could help people. So I think it's more or less one of those things where I was comfortable in doing it, but it just really pushed those boundaries of people that were already on the verge of being uncomfortable, being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. And they always want to just have that bubble of safety, like that warm blanket around them. So they never challenge themselves. So I knew that I was going to constantly challenge myself. That's just everything I've ever done in my life, like playing football and being a defensive back weighing 150 pounds in, you know, division one double a in Texas and getting nice. run over constantly. Like that was my thing. I was like, I can do this. And I did it. Or, you know, suing clear channel communications, which is this behemoth company that everybody was like, dude, don't do that. You're going to lose your ass. Like you're going to lose everything that you have if you sue them. And I was like, no, they tried to take a piece of my property. I'm going to sue them and we're going to go through this. And it will at least create a precedent, which I did. They gave up because they had to give Howard Stern a whole bunch of money and didn't have any to pay me off. So I kind of won in the end. Um, So there's all these things that just kind of led one on top of the other that made me constantly say, you know what? Status quo is nice, but it never advances if nobody challenges it. So I'm always super comfortable being that, that little dude that's like, hey, what if we tried this? And that's always my perspective is if I shrug and go, what if we tried it? You know, a lot of people are, are very, they're not necessarily apprehensive, but they're more willing to try or at least tease out the idea and kind of go along on the ride with you if you're coming at it from that perspective versus trying to be guru status and sitting on the mountaintop going, we only should do this, right? And I think that's the way that you bring more people in. And I think it's been fun to watch that community that that we're both in kind of grow like crazy when COVID hit and it was so beneficial and helpful. Yeah, that's the big thing is just having a few people that support you and surrounding yourself with those. And it helps you kind of push that, that agenda that you have in your brain. Like, ooh, we might be able to do something with this. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And, you know, the Facebook group that you created, telehealth providers, um, you know, physical for physical therapy is just, you know, it's such a, a nice group of people that are all thinking, you know, the same way. And it was really one of the first groups that I entered. And I was just like, so surprised by how nice everyone was to everyone. Yeah, you could yeah. say something and, and someone's not going to be like, what are you, an idiot? Like, you can't do that. It's everyone was so chill. So, um, can you tell me a little bit about how Facebook has been, you know, instrumental to you building this business? Oh yeah. And, and definitely big shout out to Ronnie Cossey. Um, he's down in Florida, PT down in Florida. I think he's still working with an individual home health agency and a telehealth company. I think they integrated those two together, but he was one that actually was running a website. It was direct 
And I had direct PT that I had started back in 2004, 2005. And I was like, hey, man, funny thing. I started direct PT back in the day. Cool to see that you're trying this. And he was like, well, I'm starting this group. And there was 30 of us or something like that. Like, I remember there wasn't even, maybe there was 100, right? And so we got into this group and it started growing. And I just started contributing more and more and more to the point where it hit where Ronnie was just like, dude, you, you can just like take this from me. It's okay. You know? And so we split on good terms. It was no big deal, but that was the thing that really allowed everything to kind of come out and to create that culture of helping each other was just kind of being there and, and leading by example of saying, Hey, I shot this quick two minute video on a question that somebody had. And then somebody else would ask the same question and somebody else that had seen that video I created would point them to that post and then somebody else would see that and go, Ooh, I could do that. And so once you kind of get that ball rolling of trying to help each other, it's really beneficial. And it's almost just as contagious as the other side of the coin. Like if you're in the, the doctors of physical therapy students group or something like that, right? Sure. It's huge, but how helpful is that? It's just, you know, constant dumpster fires everywhere of just people yelling at each other about, no, this technique, that technique, and nothing gets done. So oh, yeah. I was, dude, I was so pumped to see it actually, trend in the direction of positivity and helping. And then once I got the actual um, like administrative capability early on to like boot people out that were being jerks, I'd tell them, look, stop, don't do that again. And if they did it again, I was like, I told you already, bye, you're gone. Cause that one little, it's like a cancer cell, right? One little cancer cell kind of grows and grows and grows and creates a train wreck for everybody. Like we had to kick some people out of the group. I would say, pretty early on that was just saying, well, I'm just going to do telehealth across state lines and screw the rules. And all of us were like, no, you can't say that. And matter of fact, you're gone because it's going to take everybody more time to answer and to refute what you just said versus helping everybody that's losing their mind right now, trying to figure out just how to make ends meet. So we're like, all right, we're going to have to be like super strict over the next couple of months and that filtered itself out. And now it's calming back down. It had this huge spike. We went from 4,000 people, which was a big Facebook group at that time, to 12,000 people. And the activity level was insane. And now you can kind of see the graph go down a little bit. But it's kind of coming up again with more good questions that people are asking. So I like the fact that it kind of, even with that huge growth of 3x in a couple of months span or a month span, it still is that quality group of people helping each other and pointing back to other posts where people have helped before. So it's been fun. It's an adventure. I'll tell you that much. It's like somebody handing you the, the, the wheel of a, a ship and going, yeah, you've never uh, uh, steered a boat before. Go ahead. It, you know, <laughs> the water's big. You, you can't really hit anything, hopefully, um, but yeah. just drive the boat. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. And, you know, shout out to all the moderators in your group because they do an amazing mm-hmm. job just like you know, making sure that someone says something and they're like, well, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Let's just, you know, look at this, the facts, let's look at the actual written, you know, laws that are coming out or, or, you know, new rules that are coming out. So they've been a really big help too. And just sifting through, you know, the stuff. No way I could have done it without all of them. Absolutely no way at all. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, um, what a busy day looks like for you. Oh boy. Let's see yesterday let's start with that because that was that's today is always like i gotta package it up at the end of the day (laughs) so yesterday let's see i had two meetings early um had to finish uploading a a case study q a that ryan and i had done on monday 
today is Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yes. So Tuesday. Yes. Okay. So Monday, Ryan and I had done the um, case study, which Ryan Shelton, if you've never seen him teach, that guy is a whiz. And he's one of the first two winners of the telehealth 10 K that, that happened back last year where he saw, you know, a hundred visits. And I think he finished up in 60 something days. So like two months, he saw a hundred telehealth visits. Um, so now he's breaking down what he did. And so I was able to take that, um, upload that, get that into the course. And then what else did I do? Answer a bunch of emails because that's never ending. I've had to literally keep my Facebook messenger as off as I possibly can, because the questions are never ending. Like you hit a breaking point and everybody wants to ask you and everybody wants, Oh, Hey, I know you're super busy. You would laugh your butt off at how many text messages I could just scroll through. And they all start with, I know you're super busy, but, and then it's like two pages of, of text or I know you're super busy, but could I have a call with you? And I'm like, I, I literally can't even answer you back and say no. So if people have written to me and I haven't answered you, it's probably because you're either in my spam folder because I set that to just basically, I, I have a set number of people and that's it. And I can't get around everybody enough. But then it's like checking into the Facebook group, making sure that's all rolling well, answering any questions that people have about like, hey, this post went up, um, what should we do with this? And then looking into future courses, like we just finished Jerry's. So now I'm looking into different software companies like talking to a big software company yesterday, everybody knows your name that starts with busy. I'll say that much, but they're such a good company that I want to do something with them and they, it's reciprocal. So we're trying to hash out and figure out what we want to do together to help all the PTs that we know at the end of this month are going to run out of their unemployment. You know, the advanced unemployment is why a lot of people are just taking a breath right now, but it just hit July and they're like, Oh, it's going to end at the end of this month. I got to find another job. What am I going to do? So in my brain, I'm like, okay, there's going to be another wave coming. What do I need to do to prep for that? So I'm always like game planning. If you looked at all the work that I have around me, it's just pieces of paper. Like I have, that's from the ice thing we just did. So this notebook paper, it's like that thick, right? I have three of these ready to go spread around at all times that I can just write on, have an idea, date it, like put it as level of importance and then put it on my desk in front of me and then I'll readdress that. But most of my day is trying to get through as many things as I can and scale that information as well as I can, as cheaply as I can to make sure all parties are happy and everybody's getting something out of the deal. I hate, hate trying to do anything where I, in my brain, I feel like somebody's getting a raw end of the deal, right? Like for an example, the billing course, that's probably my proudest moment of making that because I know anybody that takes that billing course is going to get unending value from that if you're starting your own business. And all I did was hit the record buttons, edit down the stuff and ask Patrick um, Toy and Alicia Johnson the dumbest questions that anybody could ask about insurance. And they answered all those and it ended up, I think it's like at a 12 hour course now that literally tells you everything from A to Z about how to start billing with telehealth and everything else. So if yeah. you're running a brick and mortar clinic, or even if you're not, it's going to tell you exactly what to do. So that's kind of my day. I'm also at the same time, um, I'm on, I've got about 11% of a JavaScript course done because I've just been like, all right, I, I've got to know how to program this. Like I know just enough to be dangerous, but not enough to make my own stuff. So I'm jumping into that realm too now. So that's Working a little bit on something big, huh? Yeah. 
And then the other thing is basically teaching the, uh, the ice course and cooperating with my partners in that. So that's been fun. We just had another cohort of 40 that we're wrapping up in a couple of weeks. So it's, it's busy, but it's always something that I like. Like if you find something you can enjoy doing every day, it's not work. It's just the time goes by fast. Yeah, definitely. So what is one thing you wish you knew before starting your business? Like if you could look back and say, oh man, I wish I knew that ahead of time. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely say the biggest thing to do is to make sure that you are well organized in your business to where you have tiny stair-step goals and then just see every little stair-step, even if it's something administrative, like get yourself registered with an LLC and make sure everything is straight and you know exactly what you're talking about when you're talking about your own business in an LLC. All right, that's off the plate. That's a huge victory because now you're experienced in that. Not only will it help you, but anybody else that you interact with that needs information on that can now pick your brain for what you did, right? Now you're a resource and you're a, a professional that knows that bit of information if you ever want to start another one again, right? The next thing is I would definitely suggest pricing yourself to the point where you know your audience. PTs are the cheapest people in the world. And every software company that I talk to, they're like, how would anybody go into this market if they knew like how in debt most of these PTs were, like how much they're struggling to even, you know, half the time make ends meet and pay their student loans. And I'm just like, I don't know. I just, I grew up in it, you know, 15 years into it, you're kind of stuck in that, but definitely know your audience know that you have to give things away in order to reciprocate and have people look at you as an expert. So if you, if you want to do the marketing type of stuff, I would say definitely start giving stuff away. That's the number one thing I would have suggested to myself because I used to just talk about the benefits of it. And then it got to a point where people were like, well, how would you actually see and treat a telehealth patient? And that was probably a a year and a half or two years ago. And I was like, I'm such an idiot. Like I've just figured people would figure it out because you're a PT in the clinic. You just translate that into online, but a lot of people didn't. And I think a lot of people hesitated to even tell me that because they figured that, Oh, well I was the guru expert guy and they didn't want to bring that up, but that would have been so beneficial. Cause I would have been like, Oh, I'm so stupid. Sorry, everybody. Let me go, you know, take a week and make this course. So I ended up doing that, you know, 13 years later, <laughs> but Definitely dig in to giving stuff away for free. Be ready to do that if you want to have a solid business because you're going to make so many connections with people that will end up coming back and paying you back tenfold, even if it's just them helping you, not even monetarily, not even them becoming a customer, but just them helping you in a way that you're stuck with a video editing program. You don't know what to do with it. They know somebody that knows all about it, right? It's all these network connections that can help you but you have to give first in order to be ready to receive later on. Okay, perfect. So can you share any big personal wins um, in the last month? Doesn't have to be related to the business. It could be, you know, whatever. Yeah, I would, man, I would honestly say, I would go back to just getting um, people emailing me and stuff and just saying, dude, thank you. You saved my business. Like that has been huge. That when I read those, I seriously like get tingles every time because I'm like, it helped. Like, I don't know this person. I don't know them. And they're thanking me for saving their business. And I'm just like, how much could everybody do this if they kind of took on that same sort of mentality? Cause I'm not, the only thing I'm good at is talking. 
right? And it's only because I've done this. If people go and look at PT Tech Talk early episodes, I was crap at talking into the microphone and doing this sort of engagement because it just wasn't, I wasn't as comfortable with it. So you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable first in order to get those type of rewards. But I love getting that feedback from people saying that it's helped so much, especially like the billing course. And people are like, I got paid. I'm like, yes, that's exactly where I want it to be because that's where a sustainable business is, right? Everybody wants to sell info products. Everybody wants to sell videos and educate other people. But the big thing is if you're not creating, if you're just a cheerleader, that's one thing. Some people need that, right? I don't, I definitely don't, but some people do. I can't create that stuff because I'm not coming from that angle. But I think the biggest victory is basically I found my lane and I stayed in it so long and the depth of that information that I gave away was so helpful that it's actually helping others learn all about it and then they can help or hire other PTs. So I'm hoping that it, it helps pretty much like not to be cocky at all, but I know it's going to help save the profession, right? Like COVID's not going away. We're not like free and clear and everybody's like, yeah, it's gone. We'll never have to do this again. They're talking about bumping it up again. So it needs to be just rehashed that individuals can do this. And I think the thing that I'm most happy about is to see people buying a $99 course and then that's it. And they have everything going and now they have a business. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I wanted. But it was so hard pre COVID for people to, to get that and to grasp that concept. I think just because the dollars weren't in front of them, but now that the dollars are in front of them with patients totally accepting it, patients are super on board with telehealth. They've always been. It just wasn't there for others to see, right? I always knew it. And that's why I did the telehealth 10Ks because I knew other people would be able to see patients getting better and improving and loving every second of it. And then they would go, oh, that's how you treat somebody with a stroke over telehealth, you know? It's, it's mind-blowing how far it's taken me to get to this point, but now it's even more mind-blowing that it, this is just scratching the surface. So I'm super excited to see where our profession goes from here, 5, 10, 15 years in the future. And like I've said, if people have listened to a lot of the content that I've talked or, or been on a podcast in the last couple of years, you probably have randomly heard me say and probably been like, what? Whenever I'm like, I want to get out of here in two years, like and not even be around to where people are having to refer to me because that means it's literally ingrained into the profession and there doesn't need to be a guru, right? I hate that when everybody, everybody's like, thank you. I, I always get read and I'm always like, I appreciate it. Thanks. You know, and let's move on. Let's go to the next thing. Cause I want to just get it in the profession and then back out so that everybody now knows how to do it. And we just are the go-to people because we've got time. We have expertise. We have medical knowledge that can be shared and we have a massive, massive giving heart in our profession. So I'm, I'm just excited to see where it's going to go from here, man. Yeah, me too. I mean, I love, you know, listening to the new innovative things that are coming down the road, like, you know, VR and like how that's going to be used to help treat people. It's just yeah. like mind blowing right now, but yeah, I can't yeah. wait to be in the position where I'm actually able to do something like that with patients and help them, you know, yeah. that much more. So yeah, yeah really it's cool. fun, man. So tell me about, one of your mentors that has changed your way of thinking in life. And it can't be Greg Todd. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's definitely not. Um, but shout out to Greg. Cause he was one of the first people that actually tried PT live. And he was like, cool, this oh, sounds really? good to me, man. Let's go. And I remember I was driving to a home health call and he had called me or messaged me and we hopped on a, a messenger call, but he was, he was super good with tech. Like he was yeah. like, let's yeah. go. I got two businesses, man. Let's run this. 
So yeah, he's he, one of the first people running PT Live. He's a great guy. I only I only say that because pretty much everybody. everyone else I interviewed is like Greg right. Todd. I'm like, I, yeah, right, yeah. I know he's yeah. he's the best, but like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 one of those cheerleaders, man. Like he he has to pump people up because some people need it, especially now. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people need that. Um, but I would say that it was the thing that really stuck with me the most, um, I would say that it was, it was my, probably my defensive back coach back in the day, back in high school. Like I was a little squirt. If I was 155 in college, right. Playing D one double a, I was 125 soaking wet as a defensive back senior in high school. And we played against, I think in our, just our division, I can't remember where it's, we had local city teams that were playing each other, right? In our division, I think we had eight NFL players come out of that. Wow. Eight. I mean, it was just, we played Galveston ball. We played Houston teams and we were like the classic Rudy team. Like just nobody was super spectacular. We had really good guys on our team. Um, we had two guys on our team that played NFL. Um, and this was in high school, but my defensive back coach he could tell, and this is the weirdest thing. I don't even think I've ever told this story ever, but he could tell that in practice, I didn't want to hit, hit my teammates because they were my friends. Like, I just did not want to, like, they'd catch the ball wide open, rib shot, and I'd just, like, you know, pat him or push him. And coaches would be like, Vining, why don't you smack him? And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm going to hang out with this guy after practice. Like, we're going to go play video games or something. Like, I don't want to hurt this guy. But when it came to game time, they could see like I just had a mode where I would just switch and I would just become a, a just an assassin, a robot assassin. I didn't care who you were. I didn't care if I kind of knew you from another thing. If you were on the opposite team, I was going to just destroy you. And that's where people were like, dude, you have a switch. But my coach, he's now like the superintendent of the whole area down where I came from. He was that one person that could see I had this weird switch and this capability to do it. And he was kind of always telling me, look, you know, you, you've got to be able to control that so that you can be as mean as you want on the field. That's great. But there's going to be times in practice where you have to actually apply that and maybe not beat the crap out of your teammates that you like, but you've got to at least, you know, at least kind of do it so that you're not just going through the motions and, you know, we're, we can't see what you know, right? So he was making me prove it in practice so that it would actually kind of play out that way on the field. And that mentality was kind of the same thing where I get all my leadership aspects of prove it first, right? And show the people that are watching you. So then they know that you're not just, you know, talking and talk, you can actually do this. And I think that's where this mentality that I have of doing it and providing that leadership and and showing everybody first so that they then trust you. And then you can guide them and then you can do your own thing and now you've learned more because you've taught other people um i would say it's my coach danny massey back in the day um and he was uh old defensive back back and when he was in school he wasn't the biggest guy but he was much bigger than me um but it was just that sort of mentality that i think i would point to always as my uh that mentor um and i think he was the one that also kind of told me that quote that i love which actually says, you know a man's character by what he does when nobody's looking, right? I love that quote. And that was one of those other things that I was like, oh, and I was, you know, 17 at that time. And it just burned into my brain. Like that really resonates with me because I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of people, they'll talk the talk, but then behind the scenes, they don't help. 
right? And I think that we need to get back to that. And I think we're on that tipping point of everybody starting to do that again. And I'm hoping that I can push more and more people into that direction by just showing by example again, this is how you do it. This is how it can help. Even if it's not right now, it's probably going to do something in the future. And you probably won't even know who you're helping, just like I am with all these messages that I get. Yeah. No, he sounds like a very good coach. Yeah, he's <laughs> awesome, man. He's awesome. Perfect. Okay. So what are some habits or maybe beliefs that you've kind of cultivated over the years that have been instrumental for you, you know, in your ability to start this, this company and to start telehealthpt.com? Yeah, I, w- I would say definitely surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. I mean, number one thing and never be afraid to look dumb. Like that's just the thing you have to do. If you're starting something, you've got to be able to, to be okay with failing and don't even look at it as like, Oh, I failed. No, you just, you know, you, you, you turned the wrong way. You, you took a direction and you should have gone right when, and you went left. It's okay. It's not a big deal. Turn around, do you turn and go back. So that's the, the two things that I would suggest is to probably make a list every day of what you want to get done for the week, not for even that day, just for the week, and then start picking it off a little bit at a time. And if one of those looks really challenging, do that first, like just knock it out so that you have that off your plate. Even if it's one of those things that you feel like you're going to fail at, just do it first because that way it's never going to just, you know, you're not going to keep looking over your shoulder going, Oh, I've got this stupid thing to do. I don't know if it's going to be successful or not, because then that creates anxiety, which actually creates an even bigger monkey on your back where you're like, now I really don't want to do it. So make a list of stuff you want to do. Give yourself some time, but do the hard stuff first and just be okay with failing at it and just know that, all right, you failed. Why did you fail? Break it down and then don't do those things that made you fail and you're going to get better at it. And like I said, the more things like that that you do, it's going to lead to more and more success because you're not going to be scared anymore. You failed at this big thing. Nobody laughed at you. Nobody's going to say, ha ha, you're an idiot. And even if they do, they're probably an idiot because they don't like to try those sort of things. They're not enjoying being uncomfortable. They can't break through that barrier that you can. So that's what I would suggest is make lists, hard stuff first, and then don't be afraid to fail. Okay. Yeah. No, that's awesome advice. Very cool. So I guess one last question, and I know you've, you've already dropped so many nuggets and awesome pieces of knowledge here that if, uh, you know, you've already covered this question, don't worry about it, but do you have any, you know, sort of, uh, advice or or words of wisdom for someone trying to start their own telehealth business? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, definitely I would say get comfortable with your tech first. Once you're comfortable with your technology, you're going to get over that barrier. I think that's the thing that it was so hard for me to recognize until all this stuff hit was people didn't want to do it. Not because I think a lot of people that were telling me, oh, that'll never work. I think they were just scared to actually do it. Like they were totally afraid. So they wanted it not to be a thing. So it wouldn't challenge their beliefs on that they could do it. Because I think if you're a good therapist, you're going to be able to do telehealth really well because you can listen, you can learn, you can actually talk to the patients. You can let the patients tell you everything they need to know or everything you need to know so that you can give them the right advice to get better. And you're going to need to be comfortable with it. So even if it's the, the easiest first step in the world is don't get ahead of yourself, but get comfortable with the tech. If you're not comfortable with the tech, don't even think about starting a telehealth business, like figure out if it's something you like to do right? 
don't become a dog walker if you're allergic to dogs, <laughs> you know? So I would say that's probably the biggest first step. Um, just use free zoom, get your friends and family, just practice, have them, have them do fake patient scenarios for you. Right. Um, and then the second thing I would do is absolutely surround yourself with people that are either already doing it or they want to do it as well. So that way you've got either guidance or you have partners where you can, it's kind of like PT school again, right? You're all going through the same crap. All of you are kind of at a similar knowledge base and you're all trying to get better at the same time. Everyone is more supportive that way. So kind of look at it that way. Find yourself a teacher or find yourself some colleagues that are going through the same stuff. And really right now, it's real easy to find people that are like, I kind of want to do this. Telehealth Facebook group is 12,000, almost 13,000 people now. So you could probably put the word out in your state, in your city even. And nowadays you probably have somebody that can meet up with you to talk about anything telehealth related and then go from there. And all the free stuff on telehealthpt.com. We're going to keep on updating that. Like that is on, that is on my list of things to do. I will get to that in 2020. What what number is that? (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's like the big one that I only take away if I'm writing something and then it's right here underneath so that I can always see remake all free content. Very nice. Because I know it's good and it helped people, but I want it to be even better. Mm -hmm. So Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rob. You've been an amazing guest. And before we leave, can you just share with the audience maybe where they can kind of find you or or where it's best to kind of learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, I I would say if, if you want to listen to content, um, I put out a lot on the telehealth 20 podcast. So just search telehealth and then the number 20 and that'll come out. And then if you just search telehealth physical therapy on Google, um, we pull up first page for telehealthpt.com or you can just go to telehealthpt.com, but anything that you're thinking of type in telehealth and then marketing and you'll find us billing. You'll find us all that stuff. So, and then the Facebook group is just facebook.com slash groups slash telehealth PTs. So just search telehealth on Facebook and you'll find that group too, almost at 13,000. So just pick the biggest one. Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I'll put that in the show notes for everyone to find. Thank you again, Rob. I I can't express how awesome this has been. And uh, I really do appreciate everything that you've taught, not only me, but everyone else. Yeah, so I appreciate you, you man, because I, I use OneClick.Physio all the time as an example, <laughs> telling people, look, go look at this. This is how you want to start things. So, dude, I can't thank you enough for, for just even starting, because that is letting other people look at you and learn. If you yeah. look at your website stats, every every cohort I have in the ICE course. And oh, like, yeah? Boing. Yeah, it's a lot of people <laughs> looking at your website because they're yeah. like, ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I know. I've had people message me and say like, are you hiring? And I'm like, no, I'm kind of doing this as a side business. Uh, Uh Maybe one day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, thank you for that. It's really good. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you for doing this too. Um, I really appreciate these opportunities when I get them. Oh, anytime. All right, man. We'll have to talk again soon. Thanks again. Sounds good. Thanks, Zach. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. That was Rob Vining. Don't forget to check him out at telehealthpt.com or on his Facebook group, Telehealth for Physical Therapy Providers. If you're liking this content, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and we'll have another episode next week. See you then.